The Party Wreckers podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Both Sam and I have benefited from therapy. Knowing how to find the right therapist can sometimes be difficult. When you start with BetterHelp, you will fill out a brief questionnaire to get you paired with one of over 20,000 licensed therapists who can listen and help. And you can request a new therapist at any time with no additional cost. Get 10% off your first month of therapy by going to betterhelp.com slash partyrecords. That's betterhelp.com slash partyrecords. Welcome to the Party Wreckers Podcast. Hosted by professional interventionists Matt Brown and Sam Davis. This is a podcast for families or individuals with loved ones who are struggling with addiction or alcoholism and are reluctant to get the help that they need. We hope to educate and entertain you while removing the fear from the conversation. Stay with us and we'll get you through it. Please welcome the party wreckers, Matt Brown and Sam Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the first episode of the Party Wreckers of 2023. Happy New Year, Sam. Happy New Year to you, Matt. We're a little late getting off the ground this uh, this this year. It's uh, second week. We're on the 16th of January here as we record this. Um, we both have been really busy getting into the first part of this year. I, I know I have. It seems like you've been busy too. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly has been busy uh, on this end. Both of us have been rolling and we certainly would like to put these podcasts out every week, but just our occupation doesn't allow it sometimes. So my deepest apologies to all of our listeners out here for not being more consistent with the podcast drops. Uh, it's just it's a lot to juggle with us uh, this time of year. It's gotten busy for both of us. And you know what? Speaking of this time of year, what about dry January? I wonder how everyone that is uh, partaking in that in that event uh, and I call it an event. Uh, I wonder how many of them are still sticking with it. I hope everyone, but I'm sure not all of them are. But what do you think, Matt? What do you think about dry January? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Anytime someone feels the need to live their life without alcohol or at least experience what that might be like without alcohol, I think it's a good idea. Um, I think that's maybe missing a little bit of the point, but we don't have to dive too deep into that. I think it's a great idea. Anytime somebody wants to maybe look at living a little bit healthier, it's kind of like those people that I see getting into my gym on January 1st, all those new year's resolution makers saying, I'm going to get in shape this year. This year is going to be the year that I do it. Only to find about this time in January, the numbers start to dwindle as I go back into the gym and, and uh, have a little bit more access to the equipment that I want to use. Yeah. I, I do certainly hope that this experience for everyone that is partaking in dry January will Will it'll maybe raise their awareness around some drinking and, and what drinking actually does to you. You know, I don't care who you are or, or what's going on. It's just a fact that that alcohol lowers your faculties. And as a guy that I follow, a very wise man, a, a guru, if you will, he says you can never have a completely fulfilled life when your faculties are lowered. I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. You know, I think that everybody spends some amount of time in some sort of a distraction. And, and some of us do it compulsively, whether it's binging Netflix, you know, all weekend long, whether it's, you know, just, hey, I don't feel like dealing with this, so I'm going to go distract myself with something else. Everybody does that. But anybody who's participating in dry January, I would expect 
there's some awareness already that, you know, this probably isn't a really healthy thing for me to do. Maybe I should take a month off and see how that goes. So my hat's off to them that have decided to do that this month. Yeah. In my life, I can remember back in, in my active addiction so many times. I had a pond behind my house and on the back deck. You know, I know it probably wasn't the most environmentally conscious thing to do, but every time that I'd say I was going to quit smoking crack or quit smoking weed or quit something, you know, I'd take my pipe or my stem or my bowl and, and throw it out in the, in the pond and say, I am done. I am I am not doing this anymore. And, and I meant it at the time. I just couldn't pull it off. It's It's a wonder there's not like an island of crack pipes and weed bowls down in that pond by now, you know? Either that or some genetically defective fish. Yeah. Crack addicted shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Fish coming out with three eyes and yeah. legs and yeah. all the mutations because of all the chemicals you put in that pond. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat the don't eat the fish. <laughs> the turtles the turtles looking a little shady too, man. Seriously. Turtles got a gun and a <laughs> I saw this snapping turtle tricking up a bass the other day. You know, it's like What's going on here? Where's my money, Bass? (laughs) Boy, did that take a nosedive, didn't it? It's funny to picture that. Well, let's shift gears and talk about our training. I know we're going to keep this episode a little bit shorter than normal, but let's let's make sure we we talk about the training because that's something that's finally starting to come together in a more solid way, and I want to make sure we get the word out. Yeah. Definitely. You know, just thinking about this, that you and I are going to be putting on a train. And when I was trained 12 years ago, 13 years ago, somewhere along in there, I never thought in a million years that I would be one day be training others. Never would have seen it coming. But yet here we are. And I'm really excited about that. And I'm a firm believer that if you're going to work in addiction treatment at any capacity, I'll I'll reach out there and say any capacity. I think intervention training is beneficial. I think it's it's a it's a it's a very uh, powerful tool in your toolbox when trying to understand someone's addiction and the family dynamic. Yeah, whether you want to be a full time interventionist like samurai, or whether you work in a treatment setting where you have contact with the families of the clients that are there in treatment or the the clients themselves, this is a training that's going to benefit you. It's going to give you some some additional tools to be able to help clients move towards long-lasting sobriety. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to put you on intervention on call. What what I'd hope to see from this training is that, that we're really pulling out some talent in these people that are, that are signing up for it and really pull out that talent and 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 coach them and mentor them and supervise them even after the training. Let's put them on the platform. Let's guide them along and let's bring along this new generation of interventionists because listen, buddy, you and I aren't going to be around forever. You know, we're not, we're not spring chickens anymore. There is an expiration date, I believe. (laughs) Well, by the time the training comes around, I will have officially turned 50 and, and I, I hope that's midlife, although I'm sure it's, it's, you know, much further into the second half of my life than the first, but there, there's a, there's something about where I'm at in my life right now where I don't want to have to travel as much as I do. I love doing what I do, make no mistake, but I'd love to find some people within these trainings that you and I personally train where not only can we put them on an intervention on call, but we can actually contract them to do some of the interventions that come through our private practice. 
definitely, definitely. You know, I don't know if everyone knows, but I'm sure not everyone knows this, but there's several people that are on the platform intervention on call that I've intervened on years and years ago. Now out here doing interventions and killing it. Yeah, I have people all the time asking me, how do you become an interventionist? I mean, I'm talking about the people that I take to treatment. They're asking me, how do I do this? And I'll, I say the same thing to every one of them. You know, once you get a couple of years of sobriety under your belt, if this is something you want to do, you give me a call. And it's very rare that, that somebody takes me up on that. And, you know, maybe they found something that, that, that fulfills them even more. And, and that's what I hope for. But anybody that has thought about becoming an interventionist, I, I would love for you guys to go to partyrecords.com, fill out the registration form, and, and be a part of this training coming up in March. We'd love to be, have you be a part of our first training. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see you there. I mean, you know, intervention is not just about sitting in a circle and telling someone they need to go to treatment and have a family set boundaries. There's offensive strategy and defensive strategy. Well, and, and here's what I'll say just in terms of strategies. It's one thing to sit in a two day training and to role play interventions and Hey, you know, this is, you're going to be the addicted individual. You're going to be the mom. You're going to be the dad. And we're going to try to do a mock intervention here just to kind of show you what it looks like. And, and a lot of trainings consist of that. There, I think it's a necessary part of the training, but that in no way prepares somebody for what's going to happen when you're actually sitting in front of a family. Everybody's looking at you going, okay, now what do we do? He just said this and none of us were expecting him to say that. None of us were expecting him to say that. Now what? To be able to know how to handle those moments and, be, and have that become a little bit more intuitive, that's going to go on for several months. And so that's why this training, it starts with two days, you know, two days in person. But, but we plan on making it much more than that in terms of the, the, the post-training work that we're going to do with everybody. The family does the work. We guide the family through the work. But it falls on you sitting in that chair to keep the peace, to keep it moving forward. And to prevent a lot of drama, it is 100% on you to do that. It's a lot of pressure, absolutely a lot of pressure. And I'm not trying to scare anyone, but you've almost, I think an individual that, that, that thrives in that environment and that type of, of pressure, which I do, I like that type of pressure. I do too. Uh, is, is, is kind of meant to be an interventionist. And you know, it's, it's really something that you have to have inside of you already to some degree, I believe. Yeah. If you're a normal, well-adjusted person, you're probably not cut out to be an interventionist. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of have a little bit of twist to your thinking. You got to have a little bit of, you know, crossing of your wires to be able to really come in and, and be comfortable in the chaos that sometimes can happen without a good interventionist. And you're right. You know, the, a good interventionist will prevent that from happening before it really ever starts. But you gotta you gotta be thinking ahead, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you are gonna get some curveballs thrown at you. But I wanna make this very clear is that this is an event when you are walking into an intervention with a family, that this may just be another case for you. But this is a day for that family and that individual that they will never ever forget as long as they live. And very few days leading up to that moment have meant as much than the one they're living in right then. Yep. It's very, very special opportunity. It's, it's a huge gift to be offered an invitation into a family dynamic when they're in crisis 
and you have the ability to guide them through that crisis when you earn their trust and they're leaning on you and you have success and success doesn't always mean that they go to treatment that day. But when you get the holiday texts and pictures of their loved ones sitting around with them sober at Christmas, opening up presents, you'll, you'll know why you did what you did and why you feel, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, for the vast majority of cases that those, those texts, those phone calls, those pictures, they never come. And that's okay too. Like those families are now living their lives. You are a part of a momentary process that got them moving in the right direction. And, and if you're doing this for recognition, you're in the wrong line of work for sure. But those families that, that do take the time to send those moments and, and let you know that you were a part of that, that's pretty special. Yeah. I'm equally as thrilled when I never hear from them again because mm-hmm. they've gone on with their life. They, they, they're on to the next chapter of their life. Their loved ones are growing in sobriety or the family has set boundaries and the loved one is, you know, having to experience what they have to experience. Um, but, you know, I love it just as much when I hear from them as, as when I don't. Or I love it just as much when I don't hear from them as when I do. Sure. That makes sense? It does. You're going to edit this part out, right? Because I'm- No, I'm leaving all of this in. And you've said that before. You, you have said that before. And yet, <laughs> when it la- drops live, Lexi says, hey, I thought he said he was going to edit that out. He even says on the podcast he's going to edit that out. And yet, here it is. He's playing you. <laughs> I do. I like to mess with you sometimes, Sam. I see that. I see that. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we just capture these little nuggets of gold that we just can't let them go. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm hour out there after that, after this. So I'm going to throw some profound stuff out. Right? Is that your job as an interventionist is not just to intervene on families. You are now given the obligation to educate the public, to inform the public that there is a solution yeah. out here. It's not just about the family that you are speaking with or the family that you are working with. It's up to you now to go out here and spread the word and scream from the rooftops that there absolutely is a solution to what's going on in these families' lives. You know, my daughter came to me the other day and she says, Dad, I want to be an interventionist. My little eight-year-old. No, and part of me feels really great that she looks at me and says, oh, that's something I want to do. I want to help people. And then there's the part of me that says, you know what, darling, I don't ever want you to have to go through the hard part that, that qualified me to be able to do this kind of work. You know, what we do, I mean, and I'm not saying that people who aren't in recovery can't be good interventionists, but most of the interventionists that are out there working today are in recovery themselves. And we had to go through hell to kind of qualify to sit in that seat and help somebody else find their way out of it too. And so that's, that's another thing that we're hoping to see is that we get some good people with good recovery coming to to kind of shepherd those other people out of the, out of the hell that they've been living in. Yeah. Cause I think it's critical that we be able, we have to be able to speak the language of addiction, the language of an alcoholic, the language of an addict. And, you know, you don't have to be in recovery to be an interventionist, but it's, you have an additional hurdle to chat, to jump because you then have to learn the language, not just like me speaking a little bit of Spanish, you got to be able to really speak the language of addiction. 
of the addicted yeah. individual. <clears throat> You've got to be able to be in the mind of an alcoholic to know the next move. So many families think that their loved one in that situation is just so unique. And I know we can call that terminal uniqueness. Uh, it's it's really not unique situations out here. I take some curveballs every now and again, but for the most part, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. The only thing that I get tripped up on sometimes is, you know, I've been sober for a while now and I've been doing this for a while now. And when I intervene on a young person, sometimes the language they use, you know, I'm like, what the hell did you just say? I don't understand a word you just said. And they're, you know, they're using all these new slang words. They're using, you know, there's new drugs out there that weren't around when you and I were around. Um, there's new nicknames for drugs that are out there that, that weren't around when you and I were around. And so um, I'd love to see quite a few young people come and, and join us at this training as well. I think that um, the older we get, just because we're not living in that world anymore, we're, we do become a little bit more out of touch. And, and having a, a batch of young people come in would be fantastic to see. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To have some young folks come up and, and be trained and have that passion, have that hunger yeah. to go out here and create some change and make some change. Absolutely. I, I hope to, I hope the docket is full of young people wanting to be trained. Yeah. Would love that. You have no idea how valuable you would be, but you still need that guidance. You need that, you need that training. You need those tools. You need that mentorship of, of someone who's been doing, doing it a long time. And, and that's what we can provide you. Yeah. We don't want you to have to go back and recreate all the same mistakes that we made to get to where we are. No, no. Well, Sam, let's wrap up by talking a little bit about what we're doing on social media and, and some of the success. You and I went live the other night on TikTok and we were talking with a guy down in Texas. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. He was struggling and he was throwing out, you know, the same stuff that we all, we all do. I mean, it's, our toolbox is very small uh, when we're in our addiction, the, the rationalization, the justification, the minimization, the excuses, all the stuff that we do. It's, it's from a very small playbook, very small toolbox. Then he was saying some of the same stuff that we hear all the time and some of the same stuff that I have said myself over and over and over again. And, you know, it was really nice to have the support of the, of the TikTok community on that live being supportive and, and offering some uh, some resources out that way, uh, you know, for Matt and I to be able to to really give him some truth. It was almost like it's a TikTok intervention. It was. It was. You know, Jay Staples came on was and joined us for for a little while. Um, but we had I don't know what was it seventy five hundred people. You know, at least while while we were talking to him, but it really was an uh, an intervention that we did over TikTok with this guy. And we got him into some action while we were there talking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, that's just who clicked the live. Now there's so many more people that are watching that don't actually click the live. It doesn't. Right. But I'll tell you what, you know, this social media, what I'm finding, Matt, you know, in my, the followers that I have, and, and I love TikTok is my biggest platform and I love putting up content. And what I'm finding, and it, it, I don't know who knows this, but TikTok is a very detailed, targeted audience of who sees your videos. So everyone that sees the video, the, the videos that you and I put up are interested in intervention, treatment, addiction, alcoholism, recovery, codependency, boundaries, family systems, all of that. They're like the, It's going out to that. And 
um, what I'm finding, Matt, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing. And what I'm coming to realize is that is that the public is seeking information. And oh, yeah. if if someone has a if someone before someone's going to take action, they need information. And I think that's the big the big hurdle with how treatment centers are marketing. They're not they're not informing, they're not educating, they're marketing. They're selling. Well, and who do they normally market to? Therapists, other professionals. Other professionals, yes. Yeah. And so in that professional language, they're speaking in the IOP and and trauma informed and, you know, it's the 30 day non-residential or 30 day. They're they're missing the public's they're too. They can't hear that. Yeah. And I think what I've really tried to do since really, I mean, you you were out there on TikTok long before I was, but to really get to the individuals, the families, the parents, the spouses, the individuals like this guy on, on from Texas we were talking to. He had the, the 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 courage to speak up and say, I'm struggling. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. No. But just because of what we were talking about, for whatever reason, in that moment, he had the courage to say, you know what? I am struggling. I could use some help. I don't want to do the help. I don't want to, I don't want to take it, but I need it. Yeah. And and I think when you can in mass, you, you know, you're reaching so many people, but you're also doing it on a very personal level. And and I think that's the beauty of of what I see you doing, what I'm trying to do um, through TikTok and other social media platforms. And so if you guys do, if you guys are on social media, you can follow Sam at, at intervention on call on TikTok. And I'm Matt Brown official on TikTok. Um, that's really, I mean, I sometimes post stuff to Instagram, but that's really where, where you're going to find us most. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok is where it is for me. And the reason I believe that these people are becoming so vulnerable in the comments and on the lives and interacting with, with the both of us is because we're being transparent. We're being authentic. We're sharing our story. We're sharing our experience. We're sharing some solution. And the families need that. People need that. They're, they're begging for it. They're screaming for it. And I have not found a better avenue to inform the public that there is a solution to share my experience than through a video to another individual in the comfort of their own home, in the safety of their own home, in the secrecy of their own home. They don't have to interact with me. They don't have to, you know, going to a community forum is great. But there's so much stigma around addiction. There's so much shame attached to it that they're scared they're going to see their neighbor in there as well. And then they'll know that they have a loved one struggling. So the community forums, if it wasn't for the shame, if it wasn't for the stigma, they'd be packed to the brim with 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 families wanting information because they want it. But when we inform the public, when we educate the public, then they will take action. Well, and it's more than just an education. You know, you can give somebody knowledge, but you provide a little bit of hope with that knowledge. Yeah. And that's going to get people fired up. And I that's what I see happening is that there's a huge recovery community on TikTok because they're not only talking about their recovery, but they're they're talking about it in such hopeful terms. And that's what I think you and I are trying to do is is provide a little bit of hope for people out there because that's the first thing that people lose when this thing starts getting big. Yeah. When the addiction starts getting big, hope goes right out the window sometimes. Yeah. And you see a lot of that on the comments on my social media of families who just lost hope. 
just they don't have any hope at all. And if they would just open up just a little bit to allow maybe the possibility that there is some hope that my family can change and my loved one can get well, then they're more likely to maybe follow some directions. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, hope takes away a lot of that fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the whole idea is that, you know, if we can give people hope, the fear is not so strong. Yeah. If I'm sitting here and I have absolutely no hope that there's anything in the refrigerator at all to eat, I'm not going to go and look in the refrigerator. <laughs> I got to have a little hope that maybe there's something in there for me to eat before I'm going to get up, take the action to go in there and look. I agree. I agree. You know, it's, I think for families, the, the pain of not knowing what to do can just be paralyzing sometimes. It, it just keeps them so stuck and, and it's not necessary. No, no. I'll tell you, on my end, it's very frustrating to watch. A family remain stuck. That's, that's frustrating to me because we see what can happen. We see it all the time. If they would just be willing to follow some direction, their situation will change. I had somebody post a comment on one of my videos over the weekend. Um, she said, you know, you can't fix somebody. You can't do this for them. You can't fix them. They have to want to do it on their own. And, you know, when you boil it down to the most basic elements, that's true. You have to, I mean, the, the, the change at ultimately has to come from within, but that's such a cop out at the same time. Yeah. You know, to be able to say, well, I don't have to do anything because they don't want to change. Yeah. I don't have to change anything that I'm doing because they're not well. You're justifying, you know? you're justifying and they don't even know it. But what they're doing is they're justifying their their fear to take action. That's all mm -hmm. it is. That's that's all it is. That's all it is. Well, Sam, happy new year to you again. Glad we're starting out the new year. I'll be at a couple of weeks late, but we're starting out here in January with our first episode and hope to keep them rolling out. We'll have another one for you guys next week. Happy new year and, and much success to you in 2023. Happy new year to you and everyone out there. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Party Wreckers. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review. This helps us get the word out to more people. To learn more or to ask us a question we can answer in a future episode, please visit us at partywreckers.com. And remember... Don't enable addiction, ever. On behalf of the party wreckers, Matt Brown and Sam Davis, let's talk again soon.